Bibles with me tonight, if you would please, and uh, let's turn, find in your Bibles Habakkuk chapter 3, I'll give you a moment to find that, it's in the Minor Prophets after Daniel, uh, Habakkuk. Well, we've had a, I think we've had a good day today, um, I love to worship the Lord, and um, I love Sundays. I love Wednesdays when we get to come together in the, as, a, as, a, as a family, as a church, and, and worship God and praise His name. I can think of no greater thing that we can do with any of our time than to praise the name of God and worship our Savior. Uh, so we, we thank you for being here tonight. Uh, and I know Pastor will be happy to know uh, that a good crowd came out on Sunday evening to hear the preaching of the Word of God. So let's take our our Bibles turn to Habakkuk chapter 3. Everybody find it? Nope, some people still looking. <laughs> all right. Let's all stand together, please, as I read from Habakkuk chapter 3 tonight. Now begin reading at verse number 1. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shigayanoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, Revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hand, and there was the hiding of his power. Before him went the pestilence, and burning coals went forth at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills did bow. His, uh, his ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction, and the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea? that thou didst ride upon thine horses and thy chariots of salvation. Thy bow was made quite naked according to the oaths of the tribes, even thy word, Selah. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. The mountains saw thee, and they trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered his voice and lifted up his hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows they went and at the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst thresh the heathen in anger. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thine anointed. Thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation unto the neck, Selah. Thou didst strike through with his staves the head of his villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me, their rejoicing was as to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses, through the heap of great waters. When I heard, my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself, that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold, and thou shalt be no herd in the stalls. 
I want you to look at verse 18 carefully. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds' feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do come before you tonight with trembling and humility. We come before you, Lord, puzzled at your love for us. Father, we are so unworthy. And you, Father, are so holy and righteous. And yet, as we stand here tonight, we know that you love us. We know that you care for us, that you provide for us. And Father, I pray tonight that we would take just a few moments and worship you and praise you as as you deserve. Thank you, Father, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Help us tonight to be encouraged in our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us tonight to have faith and courage and confidence to live a life that will glorify and honor you and help us to do that through and because of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. God never moves without purpose or plan when trying his servant and molding a man. Give thanks to the Lord, though your testing seems long. In darkness he giveth a song. O rejoice in the Lord, he makes no mistake. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. These are the words of one of my favorite hymns. A hymn, by the way, that we'll close the night with. O rejoice in the Lord. Tonight I'm speaking to people who are hurting. Some here tonight have lost their jobs. You're not sure how you will be able to pay your bills or take care of your family. Others in this room tonight have failing health. And you are worried and perhaps even afraid of the days or weeks or months ahead. Still others here tonight have crises in your family, sick loved ones, broken or failing marriages, anguish and despair. Times such as these serve to rob us of our zeal for God. They sap us of our strength and our resolve. They rob from us our joy. Yet, our Savior promised us peace. He promised us peace even in the face of these great trials. He promised us a peace that goes beyond human understanding, a peace that cannot be taken away. In John chapter 14 and verse 27, we read, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither Let it be afraid. And the knowledge of this will allow us to live with joy in his presence. I'd like for you to turn with me, if you would, please, in your Bibles to 1 Peter, chapter number 1. Let's all turn together. 1 Peter, chapter 1. And I'll read aloud the first eight verses, if you'll read along silently with me. 1 Peter, 
chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So tonight, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I will say that we can rejoice. But you may say, Brother Absher, I am out of work. And to that I say, O rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. You may say, I'm facing severe financial issues tonight, and I don't know what to do. And to that I say, O rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistake. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. You may be here tonight and you may say, I'm sick and I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm ill and I'm afraid. And to that I say, oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistake. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. And when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. You may say tonight, I'm going through family problems. My children are are wayward. We have, we have issues in our family and in our home and don't know what to do. And to that I say, oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall, be, I shall come forth as co. Listen, tonight, just remember this. Behind every dark cloud, there is a silver lining. Amen? In Psalm 30, verses 1 through 5, David writes, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You know, I'm not standing here tonight to promote Hollywood by any means. 
Uh, personally, I don't, I don't go to movies. That's a preference of mine, by the way. It's not, a, it's not a principle of the Bible. But there is a movie that I watched once, and I, I, there was a line in that movie that really stuck in my, with me. And that was a movie, the movie Castaway. How many of you have seen Castaway? And in that movie, near the end, uh, Tom Hanks is sitting there, and he's talking to his friend. And he's talking about how difficult it was on that island and how lonely he was and how, how brokenhearted he was that uh, because of this tragic event in his life, he, he lost the, the dear lady he loved. And he made a statement in that movie. He said this, but the sun will rise tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, the sun will come up again. And you know, in my brief and certainly not perfect life, I've learned something. I've learned that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We worry about far too many things. By the way, most of which never happens. What should you do when worry or fear creeps into your life? I have a policy when, uh, when, when I get worried about something or when something comes up, this is what I do. I ask myself a question. Can I do anything about it? Real simple question. Is there anything I can do about this problem? If the answer is yes, then I do what I can. If the answer is no, then I don't worry about it. Because it's going to, it's going to, if it comes, it comes. And if I can't do anything about it, I can't do anything about it. It will take care of itself. Just remember the admonition given to us by Jesus. Now let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Again, I apologize if we turn to scriptures. I am preaching God's word, so I think maybe that's where we ought to go. You notice I don't ask you to bring the Press Democrat to church with you or the Saturday Evening Post. Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at verse 27 together. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? You know, I wish I, wish I was taller, because if I was taller, I wouldn't have a weight problem. I, I tell people all the time, I'm not overweight, I'm just too short. I should be seven foot two. So, you know, I've got a real tall son-in-law, but I can't go home and say, okay, grow, 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 grow. I, I can't do that. That's what Jesus said. Who, which one of you, by, by, by trying, can grow? You can't make yourself grow. We all know that. And then in verse 28, he says, And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. None of us in, can possibly do anything more, more beautiful than God can do. No artist can paint a picture any more beautiful than a, a pastoral scene painted by God by his own hand. Verse 30, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. 
I lost my job. What do I do? Oh, rejoice in the Lord, for he makes no mistake. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, he shall come forth as gold. I have sick loved ones. I have, I have wayward children. I have problems in, in our family life. What do I do? Oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. So tonight, I want to preach a message unto us on rejoicing in the Lord. Have you ever noticed how often we as human beings focus on the glass being half empty instead of realizing that the glass is half full? Let me make a statement here, a second statement on you, and we still haven't even gotten into the message yet. It's just still the introduction. Second statement, no matter how bad things seem, someone is suffering more than you. No matter how bad things seem, Someone is suffering more than you tonight. Tonight, I want to be an encouragement to you. I want to remind you of some things we have to rejoice in tonight. And I want to admonish us to put away our sorrow, to put away our fear, and to focus on the glass being half full. And when it comes to to God, our glass isn't half full, it's overflowing. But let me give you some things that I think we can rejoice in tonight. Number one on your study sheets, rejoice in God's election. Rejoice in God's election. I read it a few moments ago from 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Now, I am not going to launch off into a sermon on election tonight. Uh, All of us here understand and embrace the doctrine of the election of the saints. But I do want to say, how often do we forget this truth? In the midst of trials and troubles, do you ever just seem to forget about this great truth of our election? Well, if you say no, then you are greater than the than, than you have greater faith than the apostles did. And they saw Jesus with their own eyes, and they touched him with their own hands. In Luke chapter ten, we read a, a passage here, verses seventeen through twenty, and we read, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Oh, they came back all excited because They were casting out demons, and they were doing all these miracles and all these things. They were so excited. But look at verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I have given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not. That the, subjects are sub, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Jesus said, listen, don't, don't get so excited and happy because the devils obey you. He said, what you really ought to be rejoicing in is the fact that you are an elect child of God, that your names are written in heaven. And as I said this morning, 
In eternity past, God set His will to save me. And I rejoice that in eternity past, before ever anything was created, God set in His heart to save me. And He set in His heart to save you. Rejoice tonight in God's election. You see, the the disciples were rejoicing in what they were able to do. But Jesus reminded them to rejoice in who they were, not in what they could do. The elect children of the Lord. Listen, if our joy tonight comes from temporal things, things that are here today and gone tomorrow, things like our jobs, things like health, things like wealth, even things like peace, if, that is our, if our joy are in these temporal things, then our joy will also be temporal, for these things shall pass away. But if our joy is grounded in the fact that we are the elect of God, then our joy will never fade, because we will always be the elect of God. So tonight, despite what's happening around you, Regardless of what problems you may face, despite the heartaches and the heartbreaks of life, rejoice tonight. Rejoice because you are an elect child of God. But then secondly tonight, let's not just rejoice in God's election, but number two, let's rejoice in God's salvation. In Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 10, Isaiah writes, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. How many of you have ever become so engrossed in what's happening around you that if, even if it's just for a brief moment, you forget you're saved. Have you ever had that happen to you? If, 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 you, if you haven't, then you're not human, because we all do. I have, even if it's perhaps just for a moment. I found myself in situations where I suddenly stopped and said, wait a minute, I'm God's child. I'm going to heaven. What does this matter? In Psalm 73, verses 1 through 3, we read, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then in that same Psalm, down in verse 16 and 17, David writes, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. And then in verse 22 through 26 of that same psalm, he writes, So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Oh, my dear friends, when you have the realization that heaven is your eternal home, and when you realize that nothing can take this from you, suddenly all of life's problems will fade in comparison. 
Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 through 18, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, joint heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Now look what he states in verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Think about this for a moment. When was the last time that you knelt before God and sincerely and genuinely thanked Him for your salvation? Oh, we, we as Christians throw God a bone every now and then, don't we? But to earnestly express our thanks for the great gift of eternal life, I submit to you that our love and appreciation is far better shown by our actions than by our words. So let us be people that rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in God's election. Rejoice in God's salvation. Then thirdly tonight, rejoice in God's blessings. In Joel chapter 2, we read verses 23 through 26, where Joel writes, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, uh, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. I love that passage of Scripture. I love it because it so clearly states God's blessings upon His children. Even though we do not deserve even one of the blessings that God showers upon us, God has indeed showered us with blessings. Just stop for a moment and think of how much We are blessed tonight. Dalton, start those photos. I want you to watch these photos just for a moment. Rejoice in the Lord, for he makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. We sing a hymn, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 18 tells us, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God 
in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, in America, we have become such a thankless people. We have become so consumed with our next acquisition that we forget all about what we already have received. It's like the old saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. Before you get to feeling too sorry for yourself, I want you to sit down and make two lists. The first list, I want you to list all the blessings in your life, everything you have, air conditioning, automobiles, uh, a soft bed, warm blankets, right down the line. And then I want you to write down, make a second list, and on that second list, I want you to list all your problems. And unless you cheat, or unless you lie, I guarantee you that the blessings column will be much larger than the problems column. And if it isn't, you better check your heart. And by the way, it wouldn't matter if the problem column was 10,000 miles long, because if in the blessing columns you have, I'm saved, that's all it takes. All the rest doesn't matter at all. Because the trials and tribulations we go through in this life, as Paul said, are not to be compared to the glory that we will have in eternity with Christ. So rejoice in God's election. Rejoice in God's salvation. Rejoice in his blessings. And number four, rejoice in God's providence. Rejoice in God's providence. In Psalm 28, verses 6 through 7, we read, Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. Now, I could preach an entire series of lessons on any of the points that I've made so far tonight. But that being said, I only want to emphasize one thing here concerning God's providence. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, we read, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. What greater comfort can anyone hope to have than to know that the Creator God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. In Romans chapter 8, Paul states in verses 35, verse 35 and then 38 through 39, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, we can face our problems with the knowledge that God will be with us. And we know that God will always provide for us as he has promised that he would. In Psalm 37, verses 23 through 26 The psalmist writes, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. 
Do you need something to bring you joy tonight? Do you need something to rejoice in tonight? Then rejoice in God's election. Rejoice in God's salvation. Rejoice in God's blessings. Rejoice in God's providence. And I could go on forever. But time will allow me to share one last observation with you this evening. And that is that we should rejoice in God's victory. In John chapter 16, we read, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It was a quiet morning in the streets of Jerusalem. Everyone has gathered into the courtyard of Pilate, the Roman governor in Judea. A man, a prophet, stood before him. Pilate has heard the accusations against this man. And he has concluded that for jealousy, this man has has been brought before him. He finds in him no fault, no reason for judgment. In this man. However, he desires to appease the mob and quell an uprising. Therefore, he delivers him over to be crucified. Jesus is marched along the streets of Jerusalem unto a hillside outside the city. There he is brutally murdered. He's dead. And he is entombed. All the minions of hell and the devil himself is ecstatic. They have succeeded in killing the Son of God. Or have they? Well, not according to Luke chapter 24. Because we read now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. And you and I have nothing to fear. Nothing. We need not succumb to worry. We need not succumb to despair. Why? Because in Romans chapter 8 and verse 37, Paul writes, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. John writes in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can rejoice in the Lord tonight. 
no matter what the worry, no matter what the problem, no matter what the fear, I can rejoice in the Lord tonight because God has won the victory over sin and death and they have no power over me. Tonight, I am not trusting in my ability to overcome. I've heard some preachers say, if there were no heaven to gain, I would still live the Christian life. What a boastful statement. Made by boastful men. Men who fail to realize that if it were not for Christ, they could not even begin to live a life that would even resemble a Christian life. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And as you sit here tonight, but by the grace of God, you are who you are. Because if God had not elected us and set his heart upon us and and purposed in his will to redeem us, you and I tonight would be on our way to a devil's hell for all eternity. So rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. Do you have heartache tonight? Are you worried? Are you afraid? Do you have loved ones who are sick or dying? Do you have uncertainty for your future? I don't. Oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. You know, I've said that a lot tonight, haven't I? And I hope it burns in your brain. Because I hope that for the next week, all you can think about is, oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. And when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. Say it with me. Oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistake. You're out of a job. You're sick. You're worried. You got problems. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. I am empowered tonight to walk as a believer because God won the victory over death in the grave. So as I, tonight I hope that you have seen, we have much to be thankful for. We have been given the peace of God. We've been given a joy that cannot fade away and we can rejoice tonight. In a moment, I'll pray, and then Brother Moline and the ladies will come, and we're going to stand and sing together, O Rejoice in the Lord. And as we leave this place tonight, let us leave as children of God who are knowledgeable to the truth that the victory is ours, and yes, we may suffer in this life, and yes, we may face problems and trials, but even in the face of those, we can rejoice in the Lord for he is worthy of our honor and our praise. Let us pray. Father, we're just simple flesh. 
You created us, you made us, so that we might glorify you. But we can do nothing, Father, apart from your grace. We can do nothing apart from you. So tonight I pray that your Holy Spirit would burn this message in our hearts and minds, that we have nothing to fear, we have nothing to worry about, because you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, you are watchful over us, and everything that you purpose will take place. You make no mistakes. And in the end, we shall come forth as gold. Thank you for our Savior, Jesus. Thank you for this church. Thank you for our pastor, our shepherd that you've given us. I pray you'd give him a time of rest and refreshment. And then, Lord, I ask that you empower each of us to live for you throughout this coming week. Give us the the wisdom and the courage that we need to face everything that we must face with a knowledge of the peace that we have in you and the joy that is ours. Thank you for this time now. We ask that you would bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.